Scripture reading this morning is from Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Please stand for the reading of God's Word. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, we're continuing our series in Mark's Gospel, and if you remember from last week, I mentioned that that section from Mark chapter 8, around verse 34, where Jesus begins to teach His disciples what it means to take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow Him, all the way through to uh, toward the end of chapter 10, which we're going to get to in a couple weeks, where He talks about the fact that He came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. In between those two bookends, if you will, Jesus is laying out for His disciples what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it will cost them in order to take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow Him. And last week, we looked at what that meant in the context of marriage, that Jesus was teaching there, for those of you who are married, this is what it's going to look like for you to take up your cross and follow Me in your marriage. We looked at that last week. This week, we see parents bringing their children to Jesus for blessing. And the disciples basically tell these parents to get lost. Now, you know, that feels kind of weird to us, but children in that day and age didn't have a whole lot of value. In fact, until they could kind of contribute to society, contribute to the household, they really were kind of expendable. And so, you know, maybe that was behind. I think that probably was behind some of the disciples thinking that cultural attitude toward children had kind of infiltrated their thinking as well. And, and, you know, when Jesus saw this, he was livid. He rebuked his disciples and then he welcomed the children. He took them into his arms and embraced them. Can you just imagine that? And then he blessed them. And then he teaches his disciples that unless a person receives the kingdom like those children, they would never enter it. This passage is about children. At one level, it's about how Jesus affirms the worth of children. He has time for them. And in that sense, we need to look at at that, not just those of us who are parents, but those of us who are part of a church family and surrounded by children. And we need to ask ourselves, how are we making time for children? What are the ways in which we, like these parents, are seeking to bring the children around us to Jesus for His blessing? But at a deeper level, what this passage is about is what it takes to enter the kingdom of God. To receive it like children. Fundamentally, what we need to hear from this text this morning is that unless we receive the kingdom of God, God, like little children, will never enter the warm embrace of Jesus Christ because Jesus warmly receives and gladly blesses all who come to Him with childlike faith. So we're going to talk about children this morning. How to receive them, how to view them, 
what to do with them, how to become like them. And we'll do that under the following three headings as we seek to see the following three things. First, that we must bless children like Jesus. Second, that we must bring children to Jesus. And then third, that we must believe, like children, in Jesus. So bless children like Jesus, bring children to Jesus, believe like children in Jesus, but first let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this morning, we're thankful for this portion of your word. We're thankful for Mark's gospel. Thankful, Lord, for this uh, teaching in which you took time to welcome these kids, to bless them because you cared for them, and then to teach your disciples and to teach us down to this very day things that we need to know about what it means to enter the kingdom of God. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Jesus first says, bless children like Jesus. That's the first thing that we learn from this passage. What does it take to bless children like Jesus? It takes having a right view of children. It takes having Jesus' view of children. Children were expendable in this day. I mentioned that already at the top. The disciples, what was behind their thinking? At one level, they had too high a view of themselves and their own importance. Like, you know, we're, we're Jesus' bodyguards. We've got we to gotta keep the riffraff away from Him. Too high, a view of them, too high a view of themselves, too low a view of children. Children were considered expendable in Jesus' day. They had no social standing in the Greco-Roman world. None whatsoever. A papyrus has been found uh, dated June 17th, 1 B.C., It's from a husband to his pregnant, pregnant wife. And the instruction that he gives to his wife is is if a boy is born, if you have a boy, take him in. If you have a baby girl, put her out. Infants, mostly girls, were exposed in this way. The Romans had several trash heaps nearby homes where people, if they didn't want the child that was born to them, could set them on the trash heap. That was the idea of exposure. That's what infanticide looked like in that day. Sometimes people would come along and and take up these children and adopt them, if you will, so that they could raise them to be prostitutes or to be slaves or to become gladiators. Christians were known for not only not exposing their children, but actually bringing in some of these children and raising them up. The point, though, is this. Children in that society had little value until they were able to contribute to society. They were seen as expendable. And yeah, children are seen as expendable still today. Eric prayed about the tragic horror and evil of abortion. Abortion remains the leading cause of death globally. In 2020, over 42.6 million babies were aborted. Here in the United States in 2020, on average, over 3,000 abortions per day. Now before I move on from that statistic, I want to say to mothers and fathers who at some point may have aborted a child, I want to say two things. 
First of all, know that that child is in the warm embrace of Jesus. Jesus has welcomed that little child in the same way that He welcomed these children. And then know secondly that Jesus longs to welcome you into His warm embrace. There is forgiveness for all who look to Him. All. You may be convinced that you have committed the unpardonable sin. My dear friend, the only unpardonable sin is to reject the only means of your salvation. To reject Jesus Christ. For this sin, for any sin, there is forgiveness at the cross. Turn to Jesus for it. Not so that you can be reunited with that child. Don't use Jesus as a means to that end. That would be to never actually know Jesus, and that would be tragic. But know Jesus. Know the forgiveness that He offers you, mother and father. Receive His warm embrace. And then by God's grace, be reunited with that child. So children are expendable today, sadly. Another issue that we see today is the idea of modern-day slavery. The Inter- International Justice Mission, which is a, a Christian organization that I really want to encourage you to go to their website and check out the work that they do. But the International Justice Mission reports that over 40 million people are in slavery globally today. 10 million are children. Modern day slavery, child sex trafficking. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children says that over 17,000 reports of child sex trafficking came in in 2020. They came in from all 50 states, from Washington, D.C., and from Puerto Rico. They came in from suburban, rural, urban, and tribal lands. In many ways, children are still considered expendable. Or, they become idols. Our culture worships youth. And and we know, as Christians, that even we in the church don't escape that snare of making family an idol. And thinking that our salvation in some sense, our standing in the eyes of other people, our, our sense of worth as parents is found in our, our children and how well they are doing. Well, how, how did Jesus view these, these children? He affirmed their worth. The text tells us in verse 14 that He became indignant. Look at verse 14 with me. But when Jesus saw it, when He saw what His disciples were doing and rebuking these parents, when Jesus saw it, He was indignant. That Greek word indignant, it occurs only here in the entire New Testament. You think of all the things that were going on in Jesus' life, all the things that were going, around, going on around Him that could have caused Him to be indignant. It was when these disciples were preventing those parents from bringing those children to Him that He became livid. It says a lot about His view of children, doesn't it? Jesus valued their worth. And of course, not just their worth. Jesus values the worth of every human being because people are created in the image of God and worthy of dignity and respect. There are no 
socially invaluable or expendable people anywhere, ever. Jesus affirmed their worth. We see that in His indignation when their access was being denied. But Jesus also sought to bless them. He sought to bless them. Look at verse 16. And He took them in His arms and blessed them, laying His hands upon them. He was indignant when the children were being denied access. He warmly embraced them when they were brought to Him. He took them in His arms. And that word blessed there in verse 16 actually could be translated fervently blessed. He was eager to get His hands on these kids and bless them. The point being, they were not mere object lessons. Jesus was not taking these kids and then using them as a tool to teach His disciples something. He felt deeply for these children. The children's song rings true. Red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Well, in order to bless children like Jesus did, then we need to see them like He did. But having done so, how do we bless them? And that leads to our second point, by bringing them to Jesus. Bring children to Jesus. The parents in this passage were bringing their children to Jesus. They're kind of in the background, aren't they? I mean, we don't really read about them so much. They're just the they in the passage. The passage is mainly about Jesus, and it's mainly about the children, and it's mainly about the disciples. But can we think for just a minute about these parents And the fact that they were bringing their children to be blessed by Jesus. However far they had to walk, however much time it took, however much time it meant that they weren't in the fields doing whatever they needed to do to earn the money they needed that day, they took these children to Jesus because they knew that Jesus could just bless their kids. It would be good for their kids. How do we bring our children to Jesus? And I want to suggest four ways for you to do this if your children are still in your home. First, teach them the truth about Jesus. Teach them the truth about Jesus. From their youngest age, get them a you know, Jesus storybook Bible and begin to read it to them and let them see the pictures and, and read your Bible to them. Sing over them and teach them to sing about Jesus. Take the New City Catechism, a great tool, and memorize it with them. Teach your children about Jesus. Jesus. But secondly, teach your children to trust Jesus. Teach them to trust Jesus by praying with them when they're sad or when, you're, when, when they're afraid or, or whatever the case may be when you have a moment when they need to know and trust Jesus. Take them in your arms or sit down with them and in that moment, pray to Jesus. And in so doing, you're teaching them that Jesus is trustworthy. Don't just teach them about Jesus. Don't just teach them the truth about Jesus. Teach them to trust Jesus. Teach them to love Jesus. Tell them of His goodness. Thank Him with them for the blessings that He bestows on all of us. Most importantly, nurture your love for Jesus. Spend time reflecting on the reality of the significance of the cross in your life. Preach the gospel to yourself. As your love for Jesus grows, your kids 
will take note. And then teach them to follow Jesus by modeling what it looks like to do so. So teach them the truth about Jesus. Teach them to trust Jesus. Teach them to love Jesus. And teach them to follow Jesus by modeling what that looks like before them. When do you do these things? I want to encourage you to pick up that book, Family Discipleship. I've mentioned it a couple times already. Family Discipleship by Matt Chandler and Adam Griffin. Um, Focus in on what they say about time, moments, and milestones over the course of your family life together. What about adult children? I'm in that stage now, my wife and I together. We've got adult kids. It's crazy. It's crazy that we have adult kids, and it's crazy parenting adults. Not not that bad. It's hard. It's different. I tell young parents, it's a different kind of hard. It's never easy being a parent. But those four things that I just outlined aren't really things that you can do so much with adult children. So what can you do? You can encourage them. You can be available. You can listen. You can bless. Bless them. You can also pray for them. Of course, we need to pray for our children no matter what age they're at. But one of the things that I've learned, that I wish I had learned sooner, is how important it is for me to not just pray for my children, but pray fervently for me in relation to my children. To take my children before the Lord in prayer and leave them there. And to go a step beyond that and actually ask God to give me His heart and mind for them. See, I'm praying for them, but I'm also praying for me in relation to them. And I want to encourage you to do the same. From the time that you find out that you're expecting... (laughs) <laughs> and then it's never too late to start praying, Lord, I give you my children, and I ask that you would give me your mind and your heart for them. And then, you know, three hours later, when you do the same, you know, repeat. Lord, I give you my children, and I ask that you give me your heart and your mind for them. Bless children like Jesus. Bring children to Jesus. And then third, believe like children in Jesus. Let's take a look at the heart of the passage here in verse 14. Second half of verse 14 through verse 15. Jesus said to the disciples, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Jesus says the kingdom belongs to people such as the children that were being brought to him. What qualified those children. Their innocence, half day with any toddler will prove that that's not the case. And think about it, right? I mean, if it was innocence (laughs) that qualified you for entering the kingdom of God, would anyone ever get in? Of course not. It's not their innocence. It's their dependence. Think about it. Little children are basically helpless. And they seem to be okay with that. Little children don't think they have to earn the help of their parents. They just ask for it. They have a glad dependence on the care of others. Right? Jesus says that's what it takes to get in. 
The kingdom is not for the strong, it's for the weak. Not for the independent or the self-sufficient, but for those who come in complete dependence, ready to sing, I surrender all. You want a picture of what childlike faith looks like before God? Arms up. Arms up. Right? As adults, we hear arms up and we think surrender. As in, an enemy's got me or the police have caught me. Right concept, wrong context. Surrender. Surrender for a little child? I'm ready to receive your help. Arms up, right? Arms up, mommy. Arms up, daddy. Arms up, grandpa, grandma. Pick me up. Comfort me. Help me. That's what it means when a little child puts his or her arms up. It's a glad surrender. Arms up before God is a good thing. It's the necessary precondition to receiving His comfort. i got to talk about my granddaughter, right? Just the other day, she scooted over to me. Just a little, little toddler. Scooted over to me and put her arms up. And I said, Hazel, why are you putting your arms up? And she said, it's the necessary precondition to receiving your comfort. <laughs> no, she didn't. But it's going to happen, and I'll tell you when it does. There's a famous hymn about arms up. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. What is Jesus doing when he's laying his hands on these children? He's blessing them. He's also demonstrating that the blessings of the kingdom are freely given. They can't be earned. And those disciples, as they follow Jesus on the way of the cross, and us today, need to be reminded that the blessings of the kingdom are received. They're not earned. They're not for the independent. They're not for those who come trying to earn God's salvation. They're for those who come arms up. Jesus, embrace me. Welcome me in. Help me. Bless children like Jesus. Bring children to Jesus. And believe like children in Jesus, because Jesus warmly receives and gladly blesses all who come to him with childlike faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know, you know our hearts, you know our independent streaks. Lord, you know it's been a long, long time since we freely come to you and not felt like there's something in us that would cause you to turn away or some sense in which we had to earn it, prove our worth. Oh God, would you by your Spirit banish such thoughts from us and help us to enter your warm embrace just like these little children did. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.